Uh, the glory of Israel, says 1 Samuel 15, it says, The glory of Israel, that is God, will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man. Romans chapter 3, verse 4 says, Let God be true, even though everyone else in the world were a liar. And Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Conversely, the nature of the devil is to lie. He is called the father of lies, the deceiver. He is adept at twisting the truth and misleading with half-truths. In fact, the only time he speaks the truth is when he stands before the judgment seat of God to condemn us for our sins. Truthfulness is a fundamental part of God's nature. And so the ninth commandment teaches God's people to value and defend and practice the truth. Honesty truly is the best policy. But as a policy, as good as it is, it just can't cover all the complexities of life, can it? How many parents here honestly critique their children's artwork? 
Gentlemen, we all know that there's a correct answer to the question, how do I look in this dress? But is it always the honest one? But more seriously, what would you do if you were helping a friend escape domestic violence? Would you tell their abusive partner where they were hiding? I certainly hope not. Life is complicated. But thankfully, we have scripture to help us. We can look to scripture for wisdom on how we can obey this commandment through all those grey areas of life. Let's begin by just taking a closer look at the commandment itself. It says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. Now, did you notice those three little words right at the end that we dropped off when we simplified it earlier? Against your neighbour. Telling the truth is important, but the commandment is primarily concerned with how our words about our neighbour affect our neighbour. Remember that this commandment is going to get summarised by that great commandment, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. And so the application of this must primarily be about loving our neighbour before it's about some abstract concept of truth. So let's look at the Bible. How does, how does the Bible apply this ninth commandment? How does it apply it to love our neighbour? Well, the Bible applies this commandment in two main ways. The first is witnessing in a legal sense. Okay, witnessing in a court of law. Now, this is an important topic, and a lot can be said on this alone. Uh, but given that most of you, I hope, won't be witnessing in a court of law this week, I'd like to focus on the second way the Bible applies this commandment, because this is something all of us will deal with this week. The second application involves gossip and slander. Now, gossip is speaking secretly about our neighbour in such a way that it harms their reputation. Slander is the same thing, but done publicly. Whether it's done in secret or in public, gossip and slander are condemned by the Ninth Commandment because attacking your neighbour's good name has real consequences. Proverbs 22.1 says that a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. It's a valuable thing. Now, you may have heard people say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But Proverbs 25.18 says that a man who bears false witness against his neighbour is like a war club, a sword or a sharp arrow, much worse than sticks and stones. Leviticus 19.16 uh, says, Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbour's life. Gossip and slander can actually endanger life. Most of us could recover, given time, if we were physically attacked or if we lost our home or our car. People would pitch in and, and help us to recover those things. But when you lose your good name, nobody will touch you. A good name takes a lifetime to build, but only a moment to destroy, usually through the lying tongue of a friend. Now, this is where it gets vitally important to understand the principle of neighbourly love behind the Ninth Commandment, because there are those who would justify gossip by saying, I'm only telling the truth. So-and-so did get fired from their job. Old mate really did sleep with that girl. I'm not gossiping, I'm just telling the truth. Their witness may be true, but they're speaking against their neighbour. And that makes it a transgression of this ninth commandment. So before sharing some juicy goss, we need to ask ourselves, is it necessary for us to share that information? 
Or better yet, would the person I'm talking about be pleased to hear me talking about them in this way? Because while they may not hear what you say, but God does, and he's the one that's going to be their advocate when he judges your word on Judgment Day. Friends, I love to preach God's word to you. I greatly enjoy the challenge of it. It grows me personally. I feel truly privileged to be able to do this. The only part of preaching that I really can't stand is the hypocrisy. Okay, I'm standing up here telling you guys not to do something that I do all the time. I sometimes wonder if I can have a conversation at all without reverting to some form of gossip. Nothing makes friends quicker than tearing down somebody else. Proverbs 18.8 says that the words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. And boy, they can be delicious, can't they? If you don't believe me, just look at any media you care to name. Traditional or social, it's all the same. How big are the headlines when the newspapers report on some person's alleged indiscretion? How small is the article on page 503 when uh, reporting that that person has been cleared of those charges? Not that newspapers even get a chance anymore. Before the paper's printed, that person's already been tried on Twitter. The accused has been condemned and executed by thousands of false witnesses even before they get to make their case. But before you go blaming social media, this was actually a problem even before MySpace was a thing. Back in 1536, John Calvin wrote this about the Ninth Commandment and gossip. He said, We sin in this respect time and time again. Those who do not markedly suffer from this disease are rare indeed. At least I seem to be in good company. We delight in a certain poisoned sweetness experienced in ferreting out and in disclosing the evils of others. And let us not think it it an adequate excuse if in many instances we're not lying. For he who would not allow a brother's name to be sullied by falsehood also wishes it to be kept unblemished as far as the truth permits. And that God is concerned about it should be enough to prompt us to to keep safe our neighbor's good name. Now, if, like me, you recognise this sin in yourself, then I say rejoice. This is the mark of a Christian. You see your sin, and our characters are being transformed little by little, confession by confession, repentance by repentance, away from the sinful nature of man, with all of its falsehood and boasting and lies, toward the character of our Saviour Jesus Christ, honest and true. And we'll pray to this end soon. Uh, But first, I'd just like to take a moment just to explore some of the other boundaries of this commandment so that we can fully understand it. So we've seen that lying in a way that harms our neighbour is forbidden. But what about lying in a way that builds our neighbour up? Would it be okay to falsely praise our neighbour to boost their reputation, for example? Well, I don't think so. The primary concern is to love our neighbour, but we mustn't minimise the importance of honesty. We should all aim to be more godly, and that means being more truthful. Plus, it's not exactly loving to put our neighbour on top of a palace of lies. It's far more loving loving, sorry, in those situations uh, to say nothing at all if we have nothing nice to say. Uh, Here's another question. We've seen that telling the truth in a way that harms our neighbour is wrong. 
Is there ever a situation where we should speak the truth even if it harms our neighbour? Yeah, I think the answer to that is absolutely, yes. The Bible commands us to call out sin and to rebuke others um, if necessary. There are some who would fear being labelled a gossip or being too judgmental uh, and so they ignore issues that need to be dealt with legitimately. Um, in this situation, the loving thing to do is to expose the sin. And the ninth commandment would teach us to be careful that our accusations indeed are true uh, and to do so in a way that we can protect, if at all possible, the reputation of our neighbour. Now, the process for dealing with sin like this is given in Matthew 18 and actually the first step in that process is to confront the person in private to talk with them honestly and give them a chance to defend themselves uh, or to repent and seek forgiveness well before you tell anyone else about your suspicions. I hope you can see how the ninth commandment is like a wisdom to be learnt rather than a simple rule of thumb, do not lie. But thanks be to God, the Bible contains all the wisdom we need uh, if we're willing to learn from it and we take from it deeply. So just join with me now as we pray for forgiveness Uh, in this case of the Ninth Commandment for our gossiping and for a heart that's more honest and careful with the truth for our neighbour. Join with me now. Father, we we thank you for the commandments, that they rebuke us and challenge us, but also they teach us how to live in a way worthy of your name. We confess, Lord, that we are not honest when it hurts us to tell the truth. We confess, Lord, that we do not value our neighbour's good name above our own. So we gossip and slander, and we're all too eager for those juicy morsels in our conversations. Give us this day, Lord, hearts that value truth as you do, and help us to be concerned about our neighbour's good name before our own. Open our eyes, Lord, to see wonderful things in your law, and do not let us stray from your commands. Amen. Friends, we're going to sing again now. We're going to sing Take My Life and Let It Be. We are Stand and join the band as we sing this song.